This meeting is being recorded. Welcome back to a new episode of the Off the Dome podcast. I'm here with my uh, co-host. His name is known as uh, Twitter as Jordan Goodhart or the Jordan the Goodhart, a biscuit, aka a guy who's never made one single bad take in his life. Mr. Jordan Goodhart, um, hey, my co-host. It, How you doing? It was, it was a big weekend. The goat is back. Alex Caruso, thank God. Oh, um, <laughs> and some other news too, but. Yeah, that was probably so the biggest was, news of the that, weekend. That, that, it, it, yeah, that, that was the most important news. Alex Caruso coming back. There's no other important news going on. No, 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 no. He was, yeah, definitely the biggest news is Caruso. The Caruso show is back. He, I mean, you see the impact. I mean, he was, a, yes, it was he, the first he, game that the Bulls have held anyone under 100 points since he played. So he, um, he's, 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 yeah. he's, he's he makes Vooch look much better. He's a, he's a, oh, yeah. he's he's very good. That's right. that's they're, they're, that's the only goat I know. The big news this weekend. So yeah, so um, who's your name drop of the day before we get into it? Oh, my name drop of the day. <clears throat> my name drop of the day is uh, because it's March Madness and because we're because and I'm gonna shout out a Duke legend and a solid NBA player who is now the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers, E.B. Elton Brand. Respect, respect. He was a really – you know, he was like – in his prime days, he was very underrated. He was like a solid 2010 player. Former Bull, former Clipper, and former Sixer. And he was a one-time Mav. Pretty good player. Couple times, all maybe made the All Star team. It's pretty good. Yeah. So speaking of some, wait, who's uh, your name drop? Some legends. He do Turkaloo. Oh, I fucking love that. He was a big part of during prime Dwight and the Orlando Magic years. He was yeah, really really I was, good. The reason I came up with this because I was playing a two K game. We were playing me and my buddy were playing all time teams, and he got the Magic. So I was like, oh, he do Turkaloo. That's a name. That's my name drop this week. Wow. Yeah. He's a solid ball player but um i mean we've got i mean we were supposed to film this over the weekend or record this over the weekend but luckily we didn't because there's so much more news that happened over the past couple days and the first one i mean but let, let's tom get brady, this tom brady couldn't last two months with those gas prices needed to come back i don't know if you saw the like the, i don't know if you saw the the over i don't know if you saw the overtime twitter or like any of the twitter it, he was basically saying it was basically like a picture of Michael Jordan on on that or NFL memes. I forgot what it was, and it said Tom Brady when he decides to come out of retirement. It's like a picture of Michael Jordan, and it says "fuck them kids." <laughs> yeah, he was. There's a lot of memes about. It. I mean, that was great. Like, I was so sold on the fact that he was not ever coming back because like, I thought like, oh, he did like the whole retirement. There's no way he's actually going to come back, and then. I thought if there if he was gonna come back, it would be next year. But I guess, I mean, geez, he, told, he I, stole the selection Sunday show. Well, he well yesterday. now usually Sunday March Madness coming out. We have all these bit, and we have that's the most amazing day is the selection Sunday. But it, I feel like that's like the third or fourth most important thing in sports right now <laughs> because the most important thing yeah. right now is Tom Brady. Only Tom Brady can upstage that. 
Uh-huh. So and Aaron Rodgers, I've heard rumors that he's going to come out as gay just to get <laughs> attention back that Tom Brady took away from him. I mean, it's just the battle of the two uh, attention whores, yep. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, but, so, so my, Tom, I mean, Tom Brady, I mean, they're going to win the division unless the unless the Panthers trade for Deshaun Watson. That's what I was saying. The yeah, Saints, that, or the Saints get him. But, I mean, that division is horrible. It's the like, worst division really in the bad. league. It's only it, with easy. Tom Brady retired, it was going to be the worst division. It was going to be like that this upcoming year's version of the NFC least. It was going to be the, this year's version. It was the NFC down south. That was my nickname. That was a stupid. Oh my God. Oh God. That, that terrible that didn't nickname. Have to happen. Uh, but seriously, no. That I, I'll say this. I people were immediately were jumping on me because people think I'm the number one Brady hater. I some people might think that's accurate. I here's my honest take on this. I don't have a problem with Tom Brady coming out of retirement. I, if he wanted, if he wanted to like say that he was coming back, like maybe like uh, towards the beginning of the season, fine. I have no problem with it. I just have a problem with the fact that he made all these hoopla noise when he retired, or quote unquote retired. Well, well, wait, wait, before you before you said you said you wanted him. You said if you were to come retirement, you would rather him do it closer to the season. I mean, like mid. Like he had to do that so that Ryan Jensen would want to. He wanted to get his free agents back. I I I just think it was too soon. Like I, here's my honest take on it. I don't have a problem with him saying he was coming back. I have a problem with the fact that he made all that noise after he got eliminated by the Rams, like, you know, during the time. And, like, it was before – I think it was before the NFC-AFC title games. I think it was the Saturday before when Tom Brady, like, announced he was going to retire. It might have been. I, I'm unsure of the time when he decided to announce his retirement, to be honest. But the thing is, though – I just hate how he had to make this all about him. And what I'm surprised by, not that he's coming out of retirement, because knowing Tom, he's a competitor. Like, what else would he be doing outside of like retirement of football? Because he has nothing, a lot going on besides his great businesses. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I just have a problem with him making all this hoopla for nothing. Like, and. I was also surprised by the fact that Tom, if as you know Tom Brady, like obviously we don't know him personally, but from what we've known him at from like studying film, and he's a very and from being in the media, he's a very meticulously crafted person. He's very calculated in a good way. I'm saying because he truly, whenever he makes decisions whether it's with his business companies or whether it was him leaving New England for Tampa originally, he's very, he think takes time with things for the decisions he made. And this one, how, how long was he retired for? Like two months, not even? Less, less, he retired, retired February 1st on his Instagram. It's <laughs> March 13th when he came back. It's, le- it's less than two months. Less than a month and a half. It was like six weeks. (laughs) But like, no, I'm surprised that Tom Brady would announce this so short. Like, I was. That's what I was surprised by, and I, I was surprised. So originally, before the season, the end of the season, before he got eliminated by the Rams. We both of us did, certainly didn't think he'd be, he retired because he said he wanted to play until he was 45 years old. 
And he, look, honestly, a part of hearts, he was having an MVP caliber season. He truly was. He led the league at passing yards and led the league at passing touchdowns. Some some people would have thought he was showing MVP. PFF, a website you really like, ranked him ranked him as the best quarterback of last year. He finished second to Aaron um, <coughs> Rodgers. And look, he played really well. And I think, but there was rumblings, I think from his former teammates before that said he was close to retirement, quote retirement. I have to use quotations in retirement when I think of Tom from now on. Um, and I mean, he, after the Rams loss, I kind of knew he would retire because like he felt so defeated and satisfied after losing to the Rams. And when have you ever heard of that from Tom Brady being satisfied? But then after he retired, there was some breadcrumbs of um, subtle hints that he'd be coming back, like during his podcast with Jim Gray, how he said, never say never. And then eventually knowing Tom, like we all know him, he came out of retirement for a month and a half and he's back. And look, people say it's a risk, Tom Brady coming back. Uh, no, that, that bolt, don't look. We both learned, you even taught me this, Jordan, not to look in the clickbait article saying, oh, Tom Brady comes back at 45. He's going to get exposed and he and it's going to damage his reputation. Like, no. I mean, the only risk he would have is injury. I will say there's a risk of him coming back and seriously having an injury. But from what we've known him, other than the ACL injury, He's been pretty durable throughout his career. Not a lot of Nixon, not a lot of big um, serious injuries other than the MCL injury he had. So I think that Tom, I, I, I respect him for coming back. I was just surprised that he was, that was like an emotional reaction when he decided to retire. But look, I'm happy he's going back. Um, because the game of football is certainly happy to, to have him come back every Sunday because the NFC without Tom would have been an absolute shit show other than the Rams and the Packers. So, I mean, good, good for him. Uh, I was just surprised that he made all that attention for nothing. I wouldn't have expected that out of Tom Brady. But I I will say this. It's, I, it's good to have him back, heart of hearts. And he's coming back for one more year to lose to the Rams again. Now I, I'll lead it off to you. I mean, I don't have much to say about it. I mean, it's like not like there's just not much to say about it other than like wow. But um, he the the best part about it was that he said he has unfinished business. Like, what unfinished business does he have? He's won seven Super Bowls. He's been to ten. He's won however many MVPs. He's done everything. Imagine what does he have left to he prove? Said, and he said unfinished business, like. I don't know, and I don't know. Maybe just a theory. Maybe he like was trying to like quote unquote retire and then come back to like the 49ers or something. That's but what I was he, thinking. But because... after Bruce Arians said, uh, "I'm not trading him," I'm not trading him. So he was like, oh, "Okay, I'll just come back." It's interesting but, because Mike yeah. Florio said, like in an interview, I forgot who was with, that he thought Tom Brady was retired from the Bucks, but he really yeah. wanted to go to his hometown 49ers. Yeah, and Arians wouldn't let it happen. And the Shanahan's, Kyle Shanahan, and uh, and um, John Lynch, they wanted to keep Trey Lance uh, because, like, I, I maybe because fits their West Coast offense more. I guess I don't know. I don't trust Trey Lance. I mean, it, yeah, 
what we saw from him wasn't great, but you also have to take that with a grain of salt. Give him a full offseason as the starter. Give him a full season, and we'll see. But it's hard to really judge him right now. Right. Because we haven't obviously seen much. Um, another another quarterback news, the, the kind of the first news that broke between quarterbacks, um, he let the boy Pat McAfee break it. Aaron oh, Rogers, no. Aaron Rodgers? I mean, you, you, you laugh and say Aaron Rodgers, but you just know that the Bears aren't going to win the division. <laughs> That and I and he's just a condescending, immunized, lying diva. But go ahead. He's a bit of a diva, but so is, so is ninety percent of the NFL. It's like every athlete is a diva in some sort. Um, but it, 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 he did take. I mean, the original signing bonus is massive, but he made it so that the cap is lower, so they're able to sign. They were able to sign Preston Smith to that extension. Um, but and Devondre Campbell. The biggest thing is um, Devontae Adams won't play under the uh, franchise tag, which the Packers just expected they were going to do to him. Um, and he deserves a contract. If Christian Kirk's going to get $84 million, <laughs> <so, laughs> Devontae Adams deserves $300 million. Um, the highest paid receiving player in the league. The only exception was maybe Cooper Cup, but he's he and Cooper Cup are one A one B. Yeah, but Devontae, like Cooper Cup had a way better season. Yeah, but Devontae Adams has been year after year always at the oh, top no question. the past For X sure. amount of years. Sure. So I'm sure Rodgers took the lower cap hit and the higher signing bonus because he knew that okay they're gonna have more cap room now. But I don't think the the Packers really manage the cap well in general. No, because I think Rodgers did that to be able to get Adams back. You know, he wouldn't have. Ta- he's not going to take a massive deal like Ian Rappaport first reported because that was offered to him the four-year, two hundred million dollar deal. But he said no because he wanted guys like Devontae Adams back, Robert Tunyon back, uh, offensive lineman back, the defense back. But the Packers are really in a tough situation, so they had to cut Zedaria Smith. Um, yeah, that's a big I, loss I for them. They're going to have to make the Devontae Adams work. Like they're going to, they're going to. Devontae Adams isn't going to sit out the whole year. No. Um, He's not going to do that. He loves ball. With Aaron he's, there. He's, he's, and he especially loves, with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. There. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, they're not going to. Yeah. So I don't expect a, like a Michael Thomas situation here. No. But um, it is interesting because the Packers are in the worst cap situation. So they're going to have to cut a lot of people just to get the Aaron Rodgers to Adams to go back. I think they kind of got themselves in the hole with Aaron Rodgers here because what? why did they trade up for Jordan Love then? <laughs> like they traded – Multiple picks I think up for Jordan Love in the first round. Maybe because they thought the first six years. Maybe it was because I think they were they were trying to find like a sort of replacement, sort of like the Favre Rogers thing or the Joe Montana Steve Young thing. I think that's what they the, were. The thing the thing with the Rogers Favre is that Rogers kind of fell into their lap and was like, oh shit, he's here. Like he wasn't Rogers wasn't supposed to fall to them. No, he was supposed like, to go number one, but then but yeah. then but then everyone was saying, whoa, they passed on him and they wow, yeah, he so, just fell and fell yeah. and fell. And fell and yeah, fell. so they felt like they kind of had to. Jordan Love, they traded up for him. I never understood that first rounder. And if they really wanted to replace him, just take a guy. Like it sent a message to the team and to Rodgers, which was not good. They it started this whole thing with every offseason is Rodgers gone. Like I'm sure we wouldn't have had these controversial offseasons with Aaron Rodgers if Jordan Love was never. This drafted. is literally, you know what this is? This is literally Brett Favre all over again. Where originally Rogers win an MVP every year. It's like, yeah, wasn't and like necessarily winning MVP. And then Favre's last year, he didn't win MVP. But remember that his last year with the Packers, he was really good. Like, and they went thir- won thirteen games. 
and he was pretty fucking good. Brett Favre was back in the back, back when his final year with the Packers. So, I mean, then eventually he said, "Well, I'm going to retire." Well, no, I then when he decided to come back, no, they sent him out to New York to play for the Jets, and then you know the rest was history. Is there one year, then the Vikings two, and yada yada yada. He's finished. So, yeah, I, I think the thing with Aaron Rodgers is. I think the reason why he stayed was two reasons. One, obviously, he wanted to be the highest paid quarterback in the league for his, to feed his ego in that. And that's matter. not even what it. No, and if he, he wanted to, he would have taken that four year, two hundred million dollar deal, but he didn't. He made sure that it's a team friendly deal for Devontae right. Adams, but, uh, Preston Smith, but, and other guys to come. But back. the thing is, also, I think number two was. I just think that he didn't want he want he wanted to be in his comfort zone. He wanted to remain a Packer because I truly thought that if he that he didn't want to go to a place like Denver where he would be the known as the quote unquote savior of the Denver Broncos. So I guess he just wanted to take less pressure, be in his comfort zone and try to win to at least win at least one more ring with the Packers. So I I, I I think he wanted, maybe wanted to leave, but I think that he res- likes Devontae so much and they tried to make it work one more year in Green Bay. And the fact of the matter is they just wanted to, I think Aaron wanted to just be in his comfort zone and not so, really. So why would, why would Aaron Rodgers, people are saying, oh, why didn't he go to Denver? Though? Look at their roster. Why would he want to go to Denver? He's just going to be in a, a division with Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Derek Carr. Like, it, it made no sense. And in the AFC in general, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, all these young quarterbacks and these up-and-coming teams. That I FCS think also one so of the reasons why he wanted to stay was because I'm, – I'm not going to try to shade my Chicago Bears here, but who's their, the, the, who are the Packers' biggest competition in the NFC North besides – Big money, Kirk Cousins. Big money. <laughs> like, seriously – I think he wanted to do it for the comfort zone. He wanted to stay in Green Bay because that's the only system he knows and the, and the place he's been his entire career, and he didn't want to go to a tough division and, and a tough conference and start with a new team, a new system, and try to be known as the savior to the Denver Broncos. He wanted to stay there in the NFC with the Bears – I'm sorry, with the Packers and play my Bears twice – I love Justin Fields. I love Justin Fields, but he's still trying to develop, and he he'll get better. And we'll we'll, we'll, we'll make some moves, Jordan. Don't worry. And then uh, and then yeah, they've made a lot today. I like the signing from the Bengals. That was a good signing. But he and then he has to oh, play. Yeah, good. yeah, and then they had to face. Well, who is this? he has to face? Jared Goff twice a year. Like really, like tough battle, man. Jared Goff. Former Super Bowl quarterback, and then, and then he has to play, and he has to play that overpaid, underachieving Kirk Cousins, and you consider that his biggest competition. I, I mean, love- he did, he does lose to the Vikings all the time, but they do always win the division. It doesn't matter. Like, but like, yeah, that's like his Vikings only quote unquote competition. Like, of course he's gonna stay there. And look, I don't people people are asking me why do you always slander and hate Aaron Rodgers? I don't hate him because he's you not vaccinated. I hate him because he's I hate him because he is just an arrogant, blame deflecting, condescending diva. That's what he is. 
Edge and E. You hate him. You hate him because he owns the Bears and isn't vaccinated. <laughs> no, I I yeah. mean like the Bears part is maybe a little true, but the vaccinated part. Look, Carson Wentz is unvaccinated, but but he was. But I found him with the Indianapolis Colts kind of likable. I didn't think he played great towards the end. They weren't in your division. What? I didn't find them likable. The Colts? No, they're not likable. Maybe not to you. Who likes the Colts? No one liked the Colts. Hard knocks. They almost turned me into liking the Colts. Yeah, exactly. Almost. Almost. But you, but they were likable for a while with Carson Wentz, and they didn't. They're not, no, who likes Carson Wentz? Man? No one. But they were likable. Exactly. No the team likes- was likable. But getting. Getting back to getting back to Aaron Rodgers, this uh, at the end of the day, you thought originally he may have, might have wanted to leave, but I kind of thought it was retirement or Packers. But I, I kind of I knew he eventually he was going to stay. I didn't think he was going to be with Denver. But if you're a Denver Bronco fan, and if you were mad that you didn't get Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers, <laughs> and then. You, you had a pretty fucking great consolation prize. You get dangerous Russell Wilson. So I got to ask you this. What were your thoughts when you found out that Russell Wilson got traded to Denver? Uh, clear upgrade at quarterback. Of course he is. <laughs> Top 10 I mean, quarterback yeah, in the uh, league still. Let, let, let me get that out of the way first. He's a clear upgrade at quarterback. But do I think this gets them over the hump? No. I don't think – they're a Super Bowl winning team. I don't think they're going to win their division. I think they're the third best team in their division. I you think, think it's? You now, think it's? I mean, maybe before the Chargers weren't better, but the Chargers have made moves uh, defensively, and they obviously have that offense. If Brandon Staley cannot be a head ass, then they'll be a good team. So I think the Chiefs and Chargers are both better than them. So if they're in another division, maybe. I but I don't see them contending because I don't see them winning their division. It's kind of like the NFC West last year, except I think they're actually going to live up to the hype because. The Seahawks had injuries. The Cardinals kind of fell off at the end of the year. But the AFC West this year is going to be a bloodbath. And oh, my I God. This is like – is this like the position. most stacked – this is the most stacked quarterback division in NFL history. Like, they're yeah. four, the, the fourth best quarterback is Derek Carr, and he's not bad. He's good. He's, he's, gonna, he's about to get paid. He's going to get paid for sure. He deserves it. I mean, no one expected yeah. the Raiders to make the playoffs last year, and guess what? He did, and he played – Really well down the stretch. He was, he was a, yeah. he's pretty good. The thing about Russell Wilson though is, I think he's overrated, and uh, and here's why. So what? he every year, like when is he, first of all, he's people talk about him like he's an MVP. He's never gotten a vote. I, I will say this. this: when he won the Super Bowl, he was a game manager at best. He was, and then he blew the Super, and then he blew the Super Bowl. That that was also maybe a bad Pete Carroll call, but but it was it was both of them. It was. Definitely both. I, I think – well, I mean, he listen, I think Russell Wilson is is a top 10 quarterback in the league. And I will say this. I don't think he's over – I think maybe like we see the stretch where he starts off the first couple games like, oh, my God, he's the MVP. Then he falls off. But, no, he's still really, really fucking good as a – he is – he has set multiple records. Before last year – he has never had a losing season once as quarterback. Like that's that's pretty amazing, if you ask me. I mean, injuries aside, even without the injuries, he really wasn't good last year. No, but like, like he still when he like, came back. 
He still threw twenty-five I, touchdowns, six picks. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, but when he when you needed him to make plays, he wasn't let Russ cook at the end of games anymore. He was he against I think it was Washington. He, he that two-point conversion I think it was near the end zone was really bad, but. It's an obvious upgrade at quarterback. Denver needed it. Denver wasn't going anywhere with True Lock or Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> and if they weren't getting Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson's the next. I think actually, no. I think Deshaun Watson's the next best guy. But I don't. Russell Wilson at yeah. that time was the next best guy because no one knew the Watson situation. But I don't see them as contenders. I think they're obviously going to be way more improved. And I wouldn't honestly be surprised if they made it to the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl. But as of right now, I have the Chiefs and Chargers over them in the division, and I think the Raiders are going to be a tough beat. And then in a tough AFC with teams like the Ravens, people forget about the Ravens. They're going to be fully healthy next year. Uh, the Bengals, they just made the Super Bowl and almost won it. Uh, the Browns, they're making moves for Amari Cooper. They're always a scary team with the roster they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Steelers with Maserati, Mitch. Uh, the Titans, who just brought back Jeff Swaim. It's the Swaim train. He's back. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a tough AFC. That's why it was a good move for the for the Broncos for people to say, "Oh, the Seahawks won the trade." Both guys won the trade because the Seahawks needed to rebuild. They needed to get picks. They needed to get younger at positions. And no offense, I think it's great. I think the Seahawks should pay him uh, if he can stay healthy. But uh, the Broncos are in a tough situation. If they're in the NFC, hundred percent, I'd say they're legit Super Bowl contenders. But I think it's going to be tough because I think they're going to be like the six or seven seed in the in the West, and that's going to be tough to come out of the. The West, because they're going to have to head Arrowhead. They're going to have to at these places. And Russell Wilson's only getting older and more injury prone. I I will say this. They are, I think they are the third best team. But you know what? Three of those teams can make the playoffs. Like, the the, the three of those teams are going to make the playoffs. I do think Denver will make the playoffs. They have improved. And they have some good weapons. I mean, Javante Williams is money as a running back. He is great. I like Cortland Sutton a lot. I like Jerry Judy. Kirkpatrick I like, and their defense. Their defense is like top 7 to 10-ish with Justin Simmons and those guys. Like, they are really freaking good, and they are, and I really like their defense. I like the Broncos team a lot, but I want to ask you this, and I've been all over this team for the last couple, couple hours, a couple days, and I saw this roster – now, the moves they made free agency with their defense. And I got to tell you, I, you might think I'm annoying for doing this, but I got to tell you, I, I, I love the Los Angeles Chargers, what they've done. I absolutely fucking love what they have done this year and so far. The I'm sad to see Khalil Mack go for my Chicago Bears. And even though he did underachieve and he did have injuries, I think a new place and a fresh start will really benefit them. And by the way, game back to Denver. Sertan is a stud. Jerry um, Justin Simmons is good. Do- Kareem Jackson's good. Like they are a f- Chubb's good. And they- Von Miller might be going back. Maybe. But they gotta watch out for the Jags though. That Evan Ingram signing. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean like they they're really good, Denver is. Um now getting back to um to the Chargers, like I got to tell you, I, I when I saw the moves they made with re-sign on offense, you re-signed Mike Williams, three-year, $60 million deal, 1,000-yard receiver. He was 76 catches. He's really freaking good. He's a yeah. fantasy stud. 
And then on top of that, your defense, I got to tell you, this defense is phenomenal. Getting Khalil Mack in the trade, and you they recently, just got before our show, and we're recording this time, they, re- they signed Sebastian Joseph Day from the Los Angeles Rams, and then – they and then their corner position. They got J.C. Jackson from the Patriots. Mr. Int, Mr. Int, second team All Pro, stud, cornerback, and then you pair him up with Asante Samuel Jr. and Derwin James. And on top of is that, Chris Harris, is Chris Harris back or is he was he is he free agent now? He's right. a pretty good slot corner. I, I think Asante's going to go to the nickel though. But you know, I sure. love Asante Samuel Jr. He was really good last year. And I and on top of that, an offense. I mean, I'm in the minority of saying this, but I'm sorry to break it to, to everybody out there that's a Joe Burrow lover. But uh, the guy that I'm, I have a horse in this race, and that guy's Justin Herbert. He's just better. First two years, he's set a record. First two seasons, most touchdowns, most passing yards out of any QBs in the first two seasons in NFL history. The man is an absolute freaking stud. And I know you're kind of a Burrow lover, sorry, a Herbert lover because he went to your Oregon Ducks, and he is an absolute stud. I love this guy. He's my favorite young quarterback out there. What? You're gonna make me hate Herbert, aren't you? I love this dude, man. He is absolutely sensational. Five thousand yards, thirty-eight touchdowns, fifty picks. He is a fucking baller. I love this dude. I'm gonna buy a a Herbert jersey before the season. And guess what? To everybody out there listening, I got. I don't know who I'm getting coming out of the NFC, but I'm picking the Los Angeles Chargers. To make it out of the AFC, and Justin Herbert will win the MVP. The Los Angeles Chargers. So my thoughts on the Deshaun Watson thing, um, um, where I see him going, assuming all this legal stuff plays out now that the criminal charges were obviously dropped and they're still pending on the civil suitcases and pending on from what I've read, Jordan, correct me if I'm wrong. They're still reviewing the personal conduct policy to determine how many games he can be suspended for. Because if I recall, if you recall this, you're probably too young to remember this. Um, Ben Roethlisberger was acquit of criminal charges, but then he still was, suspended for the first four games of the 2010 season due to the personal conduct policy the NFL has installed. So assuming this plays out, I'm going to say, based off of the two rosters between the Saints and the um, Panthers, if I had to guess, I think it's going to be Carolina. Because I think with the Saints roster, do I really think the Saints, with the offensive weapons they have, do you think they, they fit well with Deshaun Watson other than Alvin Kamara, who was hurt last year, wasn't the same last year? Not really. I, I think that the Panthers, I think I think they're pretty good. I, they have some talented on their roster. They're not amazing. They're nothing life-changing. But they still are pr- have a pretty solid roster in place. You know, I like Chubba Hubbard a lot. I like um, – I think Chubba Hubbard sucks. He's pretty – he's okay. Everyone expected him to be Mike Davis when C-Mac got hurt. He just was not Mike Davis. Anymore. And look, you know. I, I think C-Mac, when he comes back healthy – here's the thing. When he's healthy, 
he's obviously the – you know how everyone in fantasy says take McCaffrey number one when he's healthy? When he's healthy, he's unbelievable. He is well, – yeah, he, he's not he, healthy, so he's not unbelievable. When, he, when healthy, when very rarely – yeah. Nowadays, he's really good. And DJ Moore, I like a lot. 1,000-yard receiving, 93 catches. Pretty good. Um, I like Robbie Anderson, um, even though he had a little bit of a down year. I, I think they have a solid core in place. And I think, obviously, Matt Rule did, didn't really have a quarterback his first two years. I mean, we both are not fans of Teddy Bridgewater. I certainly don't think you're a well, fan. I'm a Teddy Bridgewater fan. Don't be mean. He's a good guy. He's a good quarterback. He's he's not like a great quarterback, but he's like average. And he had a tough ACL injuries, came back from it, resurrected his career. Sort of. He'll probably be starting in Miami halfway through the year. He's okay, but nothing special. Um, I, I I don't love Sam Darnold though because he that obviously didn't work out. And Cam Newton, I mean, l- l- let's just call a spade a spade. He's washed. He's not the same he used to be. He's Who? a – Sorry, who are you talking about? Cam Newton. Oh, yeah, I forgot he existed. I forgot he came back last year, honestly. <laughs> oh, was I, a- I was about to say, like, do they still have Sam Darnold? And I was like, who was the quarterback, like, halfway through the year? I, I don't love Cam. Let's put it that way. And he, he is – has this sort of Russell Westbrook type of feel where he thinks he's, he's still that guy and he's fashionable, but he, he's really not. So – I think just the, it's good that the Panthers finally have what Terry Bradshaw said. Originally, of Sam Darnold last year, the best quarterback Carolina has ever had, probably going to be Deshaun Watson, will be probably the best quarterback they've ever had, besides prime Cam Newton 2015. That one yeah. time Cam Newton. I mean, but Deshaun watch Watson, out. when he's playing all off the field stuff aside, Remember that tw- his final year with the Texans starting, he was like top five at QBR. Like he was really fucking good. He really was. I mean, he was one of the league leaders at passing yards, and he did that with that without D Hop. Like he's a talented quarterback. He's an exceptional quarterback when he plays. I just I think he will fit well with the Panthers. And illegal stuff aside. Um, and their defense is pretty good. So, I, I think they'll maybe be a wild card team. Do I think they're obviously going to win their division? No, it's going to be Tampa Bay winning their hey, division. If Deshaun Watson goes there, they could easily win that division. Tampa's well, I, I think I think they'll be – I think maybe they'll win a game against Tampa. But like, do Tampa's I, not going to have Chris Godwin all year probably. They do have Mike Evans. Well, I'm saying, but, like, they're very diminished. They're saying, I, let's Mike just Evans say, is injured a lot. Let's compromise. They'll be a playoff team. When Deshaun, if Deshaun Watson goes there, yeah. Um. So I mean, one thing that the uh, the Panthers have been saying even before like the Watson stuff is that like they are really open to trading Christian McCaffrey because, frankly, like why have him on your team if he's just going to be out the whole year for the past two years and he's costing you a lot of money and it's just like kind of a headache to have him there. It seems like and running back position is very replaceable. So it's like, why not trade him? So it seems like they might add him in that package for Deshaun Watson. Really? So like You're thinking he's going to go to team? Well, I saw, well, I'm saying it could be a part of that package. And for fantasy owners, like we were saying, fantasy, uh, if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy behind that O-line of Laramie Tunstall and now Justin Britt and A.J. Can, like that O-line is very solidified now. And 
Carson or not Carson was Christian McCaffrey could have a big year still in Houston, especially he's like the only guy there. Um, but I think Deshaun Watson's most realistic spot is Carolina. Like you said, Carolina very much likes to jump the gun on a lot of things. They have a very aggressive GM. They have a very aggressive coach in Matt Rule who wants to win now. And he honestly has something to prove because he's a guy from college and he hasn't had the most success the past few years. So um, it's time to win now for them. Uh, and Deshaun Watson, he's what, 25 years old and 26 years old entering his prime. Like it, it would be stupid not to trade for him, trade everything you have for him. Like we saw what happened with Stafford last year. Like if you just trade if you, and Stafford's not even in this prime. So it's like, give up your picks for Deshaun Watson. You're not going to get another Fuck them picks. Fuck them picks. Um, so, I mean, that's about all the craziest NFL news we have. Uh, there's going to be obviously more throughout the week. We'll talk probably more on the next pod. Hey, I have one more question. Is, okay, yeah. I have one more question. If you had to pick, oh, obviously we still have ways to go before the season and when this crazy offseason hoopla ends. But I need to ask you, what team won the has won the offseason free agency? The Titans. They brought back Jeff Swain, Swain train. Oh, I think. Oh, this is an easy one for me. Uh, I, it's, 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 oh, it's, I wonder. I, Wait, can I can I get a pick? Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I? Go ahead. The Chargers. Fuck yeah, baby! I oh have God. the Los oh Angeles God. Chargers are winning the AFC. And as words of Charles Barkley, guaranteed that the Los Angeles Chargers are winning the AFC. Justin Herbert, 5,000 passing yards last year. First first quarterback, most touchdowns, passing yards, first two seasons in NFL history. Hey. And their defense is loaded. They are primed and ready now. Fuck the curse you said about It'll not and happen. Now Charles there's another curse on them because Charles Barkley, if you want to look at his track record of guarantees, isn't great. Well, he, he guaranteed the Bucs with, with the championship last year. Okay. He also say it was over for the Raptors when they were down 2-0. Okay, he also did guarantee in the in the bubble, though, that they that the Blazers would beat the Lakers in seven games. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, he, he's – he is known for off-putting predictions, but recently he's been on target. Now, hey, speaking of off-putting predictions, it is very tough to predict March Madness. Of and course it is. It's about that time of year where everyone's filling out 100 brackets a fucking day just to lose a bunch of money because you're not winning your bracket challenge. I'm sorry. Um, we're, it's time to bring in Ashman. We're not, we're not, it's, gonna be a dip, it's not going to be the typical Ashman's angle where he just gives a few picks. Uh, it's going to be a March Madness prediction with all of us, and well, we're going to predict our final four. We're going to give some sleeper teams That's that we like, some upsets, uh, some teams on upset watch, and who we think is going to be the eventual champion. Uh, Ashman, welcome on. Um, it's an honor to be here with you guys again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get back. into this. I mean, we, we missed a week because uh, Matthew doesn't know how to work a computer, but we missed a week. We we, yeah. we did that. That's my mistake. But it's it's all clear now, and we're all good, and we are fine, and it's up and running, and we are good to go. Alrighty. So so uh, we'll start with Ashwin. Uh, what what's your final four in your in your number one bracket? You know, everyone has their number one bracket, like their first bracket they fill out that is kind of the top bracket. 
you obviously have the unders, but like the ones under it, but your top bracket, what is your most confident final four? My final four, I got Duke winning it all. Mm. I got um, Virginia Tech coming out of the East, Ooh. making the final four Love against Duke. I got Illinois coming out of the South, mm. I think, from last year. Last year ended poorly. I think if they stay healthy and are, like, rocking, I think they can go to the Final Four. And then I got Auburn from the Midwest. And then I got um, I got Duke being Illinois in the finals. I mean, the South is a bloodbath. Like, with – I mean, Illinois, I think yeah. they got lowly seeded. I think Houston kind of got – Shaded, I think Tennessee should have been higher than a three. Yeah, that entire division. The whole whole division's nice. Yeah, um, I really actually, high on Virginia Tech though. I, think I love they, Virginia. I mean, they're they just a miracle. Run. They're they're that miracle team this year. They won the ACC as the seventh seed in the ACC. They but they look like a legit team against Duke. You know, they had like their miracle runs in the ACC and like, and they kind of just seemed like a, a Cinderella story. But then they. They had that legit win against Duke in the championship where they looked like they were honestly like a one or two seed in the ACC. So I do like them. I don't have them making it to the final four, but uh, I do have them winning a couple games. I think they blow out Texas. I don't see a world where Texas wins that game. What's uh, your biggest upset of the tournament? My biggest upset? Probably Colgate making the Sweet 16. I know Colgate, you love Colgate. Toothpaste. I know you love toothpaste. <laughs> I think they got a good draw. I don't think Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin is one of those teams where I could see them going far, but I could also see them just losing to Colgate first round. Yeah. Love Colgate. Love the Spiders in Richmond. Yeah. I think they got a tough pull, though. They uh, New Mexico played. State. I love New Mexico State. Love I, New Mexico I love State. all the 11 and 12 seeds this year. It's weird. Yeah. Um, Loyola, like, I feel like they're just a mortal lock against Ohio State. Sorry, uh I know David Weinstein's with you right now. Yeah. Uh, I it's Loyola. I'm sorry, but it's just Loyola. If you mind, can I if I can add for a sec, I can give some insight uh -huh. on that game. Oh, let's hear it. Okay, so the thing with Ohio State at the end of the season last year, or not last year, this year, the end of the season this year is that Kyle Young and Zed Key were both out for like a majority of like they both well, Key missed the entirety of the Nebraska game, and I know that was just a complete crap show. And then they were both out again in the Big Ten tournament, and those are their two big guys that they're, like, besides Liddell, that, that really fill in. And, like, is Joey Bronx playing big minutes for this team? And, obviously, Jimmy Soto's, the, the TikTok star that, that I think that I hate. Um, <laughs> like, they, they're playing big minutes down the stretch against teams, like, that they really shouldn't be playing. Like, I don't know. And then Penn State yeah. just kind of, like, kicked their asses. Like, yeah. you're just dead. But, yeah. I don't know. I feel like if they're healthy and, and Holtman doesn't, like, do his usual thing where he just chokes down the stretch, if they can get a good, like – I'd say 30 minutes of basketball and before the, the final 10, they, they could be leading that game by like 10 points, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, because Loyola does kind of – yeah. With that being said, I'm taking Loyola in all my brackets. <laughs> I actually I've, – I've done – I've only done like three brackets because I've had a lot of school and stuff. But I've done zero. I do – I have Loyola winning all three of them because it, it's just Loyola in March. You can't bet against them. And uh, Yeah. But it but also feels like – it also does feel like one of those games where everyone's taking the 10 over the seven and Ohio State ends up winning. It happens. Yeah. Where someone, yeah. I can see everyone that. takes like a 12, 13, 11, 10, and they just lose. It's like um, the Providence game. Everyone's taking uh -huh. South Dakota State. Yeah. I love South Dakota State, uh, but Providence does feel like a team that everyone's doubting and then they end up making the final four. It was always the uh, Friars. It was always the Friars. No. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my final four, uh, I have. I was it, it was tough. Uh, I have Texas Tech coming out of the West. 
Okay. Bit of an interesting one, but I do – they arguably have the best defense in the tournament. Um, I think they seven, do. Yeah, I think they have the best defense in college basketball. Yeah, 100%. And they have set, they're have 7-4 and four against top 25 teams, uh, which is obviously huge because they're going to be playing some top 25 teams in the tournament. Uh, they do have a tough road with Duke and uh, Gonzaga because they did lose to Gonzaga earlier in the year. And I do love Duke. I have a future on Duke, but I just think they slip and slide too much. They've been they, – they have some really bad games. Uh, but, I mean, Texas Tech, they don't shoot the three well, but they do have a really good field goal percentage. Um, and Mark Adams, he's done a great job uh, filling in for Chris Beard. It, did, he did better than Chris Beard <laughs> with Texas Tech. Um, and they've beaten teams like Kansas, Baylor. Uh, they beat Texas twice, Chris Beard, <laughs> and they beat Tennessee. So they're battle-tested. Uh, and Bryson Williams, uh, they've got him in the transfer portal, and he's just been unbelievable for them. Um, and then I have them facing Kentucky uh, out of their region. Uh, Kentucky, their fifth in net rating. Uh, they have they've been battle tested, like I said with Texas Tech. They've been battle tested on in road games. They put a lot of road games against really good teams, and that's going to matter matter in March because I mean the atmosphere is crazy with fans back and neutral sites is nuts. Um, they're one of the best offensive teams in the tournament, and that they could and it's going to be hard to stop a team like them. I I do lean towards defense a lot in the tournament. Teams that can make stop, stops down the end, teams that could just hold like a team like Virginia who won. Their defense was unbelievable. It carried them. Uh, but worry, what worries me is they do have bad skids. Like I said about Duke, I said the same thing about Kentucky. Like that game against Tennessee was just really bad. Uh, but, they, but they do obviously have Coach Cal Perry, who's just unbelievable. And with them, he usually has a lot of – they're known for having a lot of freshmen and a lot of young teams and a lot of one-and-dones. But this year they have a lot of transfers, like uh, the guy, the point guard from Georgia, Wheeler. They got Kellen Grady from Davidson. Uh, and – I don't know. He's used to having young teams, and he has more of an experienced team this year, so that could help him in the tournament. Then on the other side, I have Arizona facing Kansas. Oh. I like Arizona a lot because I, uh, they're second in net rating. Uh, they're 26-0 and when they score 80-plus points, and they've scored them 26 times, so it's, it's tough to stop them, obviously. Um, Tommy Lloyd, he's done great bringing, them, bringing Arizona basketball back. Uh, and Benedict Matherin, Pac-12 Player of the Year for a reason. It's going to be great in the tournament. And I don't know. They just have a lot of – it's a lot of, like, non-American like, like American born players. There are a lot of Europeans, a lot of Africans. It's a, it's a very fun team. Her uh, Kreese is out, though. Yeah, I know. But I, a lot of teams have guys that, get, that are out going into March Madness, like my Oregon Ducks, uh, 20 – 17 Chris Boucher was out right before the tournament and they still made a run. So it's, it's about those teams that can fight through adversity, you know, um, and Auburn with Okiki. Yeah, exactly. And then Kansas, um, six and four and Kevin Ware, Louisville ended up winning. Yep. Um, Kansas, uh, six and four versus top 25 teams. Second toughest strength of schedule. Uh, they're battle tested. Uh, Abaji has been a breakout player for them. He's the leading scorer in the big 12. And it's always nice to have a senior playing this well in March. Uh, Remy Martin had a great game in the Big 12 tournament. He's huge fan. That's my guy. Yeah, I love it. I love Remy Martin. And they also got a very favorable region for a one seed. Like, looking at the South and then looking at them, it's like they, they kind of got shafted. But like the South got shafted. They got a very easy schedule. Uh, and they're playing the best ball, their best ball at the right time, in my opinion. So that matters. And then I have Arizona beating Kentucky in the championship. I think Arizona's oh. – I'm, I'm high on Pac-12 teams. I, I watch a lot of Pac-12. No, I love Pac-12 too, but I 
hate hate like U of A. a. Everything like about me hates U of A. Yeah, I mean they're I have, good, but I I think they're a tad overrated, and I just hate them because mm-hmm. go ASU. Strength of schedule too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so, what these Matt, guys So if you want to go, so I'm just gonna make it short and simple uh, with this. Um, I I I, I let, let me just say this. I'm very disappointed with my fighting Illini um, against Indiana. That was fucking brutal. Um, in every way, shape, and form. Hopefully, they can make a good a good run here. Maybe get to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight. Um, but I was, but we have a tough draw against Chattanooga because they're pretty freaking good, Chattanooga. So it'll be a tough draw for us. Um, a popular upset pick. What? Chattanooga's a popular upset pick. Yeah, that that scares me. Um, hopefully, we hang on though. Fingers crossed. Um, now for my final four, I'm just going to do my final four. I'm going to do go Arizona, hey. Auburn, UCLA. Ooh. Yeah. UCLA. I like UCLA back at it. I, I like that. I mean, their experience from last year. And, uh, if I had to pick one more team, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Duke. Because no, Zags. I'm gonna go Gonzaga. So Gonzaga, yeah. UCLA, Arizona, and Auburn. I think and I'm going to say that I'm gonna take Arizona to win this because they've been dominant all year, 31 and three. And um, I love what they've done. And I'm going to say Arizona faces off against Zags. And I think Zag is gonna be the loser, the first loser two years in a row. So I'm gonna say Arizona over Gonzaga in the championship game. Little little West Coast, uh, little West Coast final four there. UCLA, Arizona, Gonzaga. Solid. Got to move Gonzaga to the Pac-12. Yeah, that would that would be crazy for hoops. That's it. Yeah. And if I had to pick a if I had to pick a sleeper team, if I had to pick a sleeper team, I'm going to. Maybe a little bit biased here, but maybe my fighting Illini. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to okay. probably say of a sleeper team. Okay, I'm not go- Illinois. Yes, fuck it. I'm going to do Illinois because uh, why the fuck not? I think we're going to bounce back, and I think it's going to be a lot different. I think we're going to the Elite Eight. But I do I think we'll make the Final Four? No, but I think we'll make the Elite Eight. So I'm just biased as fuck, but I'm going to go with the Illini on this one. Yeah, um, I a sleeper team that I like a lot is USC, Ooh. personally because USC they're a seven seed and I think that was kind of a bad like I think they're better than a seven seed. So they, so you you think they're better? That's very very I think, very. I think they're more. I I expected them to be like maybe a six seed, maybe a five seed, but that's also a Pac-12 bias in me. But I mean, we saw what they're made of last year in the tournament. They obviously lost seven Mobley. But they still have Isaiah Mobley. He's uh, older, and he's not obviously as good as Evan Mobley, but he's the older brother. He's more experienced. He's been there. That's very weird. It's very interesting that usually the younger – it's the older brother that goes for yeah. the NBA draft, and then the younger brother follows suit. Yeah. Um, and I think USC with the matchup against Auburn in the round of 32, I'm not sold on Auburn. I'm not a huge fan of them. I, I think when they play away from home, Auburn's not that great. Uh, so I think USC could be a, ups, an upset watch against Auburn in round of 32. Um, 
But yeah, I also like, like Ashwin said, Virginia Tech. Uh, I like Iowa State. I think Iowa State LSU is just like a really weird matchup. Yeah, I don't know much both, about either team, but it's just like both teams have underperformed lately. I, you yeah. know, you want to know a team coming into this that's completely overhyped that I just am not sold on, and sure. uh, it's Duke because even the, just didn't you say you had them? Oh no, never mind. No, you have Gonzaga coming out of there. I, I was looking at it. And I was thinking Duke, but eh, not really. They, they just play really bad sometimes, but here, I still am confident in them. They're they're. They have the talent to go far, but and they have obviously the greatest coach, college coach ever to go far, but they are their youth gets exposed in the game, big games that matter most, in my opinion. Yeah. But um, the, the thing with Duke is though is that they're young every single year. Like yeah. And they always this always happens. Like even the team with like Zion Reddish and Barrett even got beat by like a yeah. veteran squad of MSU. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing with Duke every year and why I'm so shaky to always take them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have them losing in the uh, the Elite Eight to the Zags, right? Mm-hmm. Is that is that that group or no? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the West. Right? Yeah, I, I, I liked Duke. I, I'm never going to like bet it, count out Coach K in any game. Right. You, you can but, never. But, but the thing is, though, they're very young and very inexperienced. And when I compare them to all these veteran teams, I got to go with the top dogs in this one because yeah. usually when I've known – and postseason, not just college, but in pros, is that usually as you very rarely does a youthful upstart team pull off a massive upset against an older vet experienced team. Like very rarely does that ever happen in this day and age. Like in the NBA playoffs, barring any injuries or any weird circumstances, the old teams and the veteran teams that have been there before, usually it pays off by the postseason time. That's what I feel with college basketball. Uh-huh. It's a lot with March Madness because it takes experience to play right. in the environments yeah. and play in March Madness. And, yeah. Um, so, uh, David Weinstein here, Wino Shy on uh, Twitter. Yeah. He, thanks, I, I know. Dude. Yeah. You want to uh, give us your final four and champion? Yeah, sure. One second. Hold on. Let me pull it up real fast he, for you. He goes to Ohio State, by the way. So. Yeah, my Buckeyes, bro. Big Buckeyes. Praying for him. Used to be but, a Gator. Um, yeah, I bro. That's the. I mean, the thing that the thing is with with the Gators though. The year I like stopped really following them that much when I went to school, they they fell to crap. You know, like yeah, the basketball they, team. They, they just off, missed. And, the, the year they started off so well, but then I know, and they they beat OSU that. too on a buzzer. Yeah, beat. yeah. Right. Yeah, um. Good. So I'll just give you my finals prediction real quick. Mm-hmm. Um. I've got Villanova beating Gonzaga. Here's my here's my my intake on Villanova. Matt was mm-hmm. talking about this earlier, and like the entire team of Villanova is just all like upperclassmen, seniors, mm-hmm. juniors. You know what I'm talking about? Like, Gillespie. right? Gillespie's my favorite. He's been my yeah. favorite guard in college hoops for the past like two years. And yeah. like when he when Soft he tore his ACL, year, yeah. I had Villanova gonna they were gonna win it the year he tore his ACL. Um, but then yeah, I didn't take him. But uh, yeah. but yeah, like Gillespie, Moore, Samuels. I know Ashman loves him. Um, mm-hmm. Slater. Uh, even Archie Diacono off the bench. Like, the, yeah. all these guys and are – Right, all these guys. And Jay Wright, one of the best coaches, all developed mm-hmm. um, old guys. The Big East was great this year. Mm-hmm. I think they're built for it. Yeah, I mean, they, they looked outstanding in the Big East tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really – I'm a big fan of UConn. And, I mean, Villanova coming out of the Big East was great. Yeah, Connor Gillespie, he's – I mean, sort of like a, like a prove-it – not a prove-it thing, but it's like a – he has that chip on his shoulder. He didn't get to play last year in the tournament. They right. still had a solid run without him. A lot of te- a lot of people had him getting upset at first round, but they ended up having a solid run without him. Uh, but yeah, I like that. And I know you wanted to talk maybe some baseball. 
Yeah, um, if that's baseball, cool baseball's baseball's back. Right, that's um, the thing. Baseball is back. Uh, big White Sox fan. There's a lot of free agents still not signed. A lot of uh, trades possibly happening. Uh, give us a rundown. You're a big baseball guy. I'm a All right, yeah, guy. I'll get right to it. So, uh, yeah, as Goody just said, big White Sox fan. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of big deals in the past couple days. Um, to name like the biggest, I'd say the Matt Olson deal, yeah. um, today, the Braves sent, uh, Pache and a couple other guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, that just like changes the game. Now, now mm -hmm. that the question is Freddie Freeman is definitely not yeah. back now. Where's I'm he going to go now? I've, I've seen Dodgers, like the Dodgers are really big in on, uh, Freddie Freeman, but that also could mean because of the NL having the universal DH now. Uh, Matt Olson could just be a DH if they do bring back Freddie Freeman. But but, if they have that money, right. Um, yeah, exactly. It's all about that. If they want yeah, to let's see. Uh, there were some other big moves. Um, mm -hmm. I know the, this, the Mariners are tied to – Yeah, Miami. right. Yeah, Jesse Winker and uh, Eugenio Suarez. Yeah, uh -huh. the, yeah the Reds are selling They're, everyone. Right. The Mariners are going to make noise, I feel like. I uh -huh. mean, yeah. you saw – I don't know if you were, like, that into it last year. Uh -huh. but um, Dude, that was crazy. They're, right. like, the whole believe and, like, the whole, like, end of the season for them mm -hmm. was sad right. that they didn't make it. And Kelnick's got another offseason to get even better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. More developing for these young guys. And now they yep. bring in Winker, who's an all-star power hitter. Yeah. You know, high OPS. Uh -huh. Good player. Yeah. Uh, and and now they're tied to Bryant, apparently. They want, they're want they aggressive on Bryant, like mm -hmm. them and the Rockies, I think. Um and what about Correa? What do you? Like, I really. Seems like I have Cubs no signed, idea. No one Cubs really knows. The Cubs signed Simmons already, so a shortstop. They already signed them, mm -hmm. and they said today that they were happy with their middle infield. But mm -hmm. I don't know. honestly, I wouldn't be completely shocked if he ends back up in Houston on a one-year deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the market's going to be big next year. It feels yeah. like, and uh -huh. everyone's getting paid. Like uh, speaking mm -hmm. of that, the Mets. I mean, they're they're like a World Series contender right now. Yeah, it feels like they are every year, though. That's mm. the thing. But now I they mean, have, yeah. They got two all – I mean, Bassett, I don't know if you know him. Chris Bassett, former yeah, Sox yeah, prospect. Yeah. Um, mm. Stud. Max Scherzer, obviously. Obviously, I think he's Scherzer, overrated yeah. as, crap, as hell, but still <laughs> he a beast. He does bring that veteran presence to the team, and they still have to Grom, obviously. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Guard, but it's, yeah it feels like they always have – the Mets always have a roster, and it just never comes to fruition, like – when they traded for Javi last year, mm -hmm. things didn't really work out how they wanted. Then Door had a down year uh, offensively, but yeah, no, he. Yeah, the thing with Lindor is that what a lot of people don't see, mm -hmm. and I mean, Goody, I don't know about you, but a lot of people don't really look into like the advanced statistics that much, mm -hmm. and they they just look at yeah. like batting average. Like mm -hmm. that is honestly like a yeah. dying statistic now in baseball. So, yeah, but Lindor's and OPS shifts, and with like, the shift spanning. The right, that's the big also. Too. Like we're gonna see guys like Rizzo. Like Rizzo's gonna have and like, like three hundred. Yeah, like all these guys are gonna bat. So like the right. batting average is gonna soar. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right. So back to uh, the Mets and Lindor. Like mm -hmm. he, I know he had a really really bad start, and like uh, everyone thought, oh my god, he's done, he's washed. But mm -hmm. his his OPS numbers, if you really look at them towards the second half of the year, they were like mm -hmm. above average numbers. Yeah, and it just got really like they they didn't perform all that. Like the Mets had a huge skid <laughs> at the end of the year, so like. No one really noticed, but I think Lindor still has it in him. Like, I think mm -hmm. he's still the guy that can be the number one on the yeah. championship team. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, he was great with the Indians when he was him and when he was very young with the Indians when they made yeah. the World Series. I mean, he's just, he's a, obviously got a great glove. That's, uh, he's, I mean, people look at his batting average maybe or his anything offensively. Look at his glove. Like, he's one of the best shortstops in the league defensively. And Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, anything else you want to talk about? Baseball-wise? I mean, I could ask you guys. I can let you guys come in, uh, like, World mm -hmm. Series predictions, like AL champ. I don't know, Ooh. anything like that. I mean, 
it's going tough right now, but I'm I'm gonna be all over the Mariners this year if the Cubs aren't if the guy I'm I'm not expecting the Cubs to be anything great, but the NL Central doesn't look too tough because the Reds are tanking the Pirates and the Pirates. And then the Brewers and Cardinals haven't done much this offseason. Mm-hmm. As and if the Cubs like get a guy like don't, yeah, if the Cubs get a guy like Correa, uh, the only thing I'm really worried about is the fact that our outfield is pretty mm-hmm. bad. And yeah. Schwindel and Patty Wisdom are probably not going to be what they were last year in the second half of the year. And mm-hmm. Contreras has been very mm-hmm. mad. Like he yeah. gets hurt a lot. But uh, I don't know. You guys it's, have that uh, Field of Dreams game though coming up. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm that. very excited about that. I, I, I loved the Field of Dreams game last year. That was that was the best game. Oh yeah, I was. I loved that. Man. I, yeah, yeah, I, best I, game I, in I say years. this. I think the White Sox have made some great moves, and I think they're going to be primed really good. Um, I hope so. I, I don't I, know, man. Not listen. I'm not the bit. I am not the biggest baseball fan, but I. But if I had to pick one team to root for. I go White Sox because I yeah, right. I'm on this one, but uh, because yeah. like the I'm about time, I love to see the White Sox, you know, take over. Oh, Even though I'm gonna be honest with you, it's gonna be always a I hate to say this, but it is gonna be a Cubs town, obviously, mm-hmm. because like the Northsiders and the whole city of Chicago roots for the Cubs in that sort of way, and they care more when they won the World Series, way more than, than they did with the White Sox. That's true. Oh, there's, yeah, it's a, I mean, the Cubs are just more historic, it feels like. It's just like... Yeah. It's like, you know, it's Wrigley like, Field, I guess, you it's, know? Yeah, it's, they have Wrigley, and then they had, like, the curse NBA, and, like, the, in, all that. In, in NFL. In, yeah, it's like Yankees-Mets. Like, people care right. more in New York when the Yankees win and the Mets do. Like, in NBA terms, it's like Lakers-Clippers. Like, yeah, it, I don't know. I don't think... Because it's not like the Cubs have won twenty World Series and the Sox won. No, they both won three. It's not like it's not right. like the Cubs are always much better than them. It's like the no. Sox are better than them now. It's like yeah, but like it's usually like when these but historic teams. I do understand what what you're saying though. Like like mm-hmm. I feel like you're right. The Mets are like the little brother. Like people mm-hmm. see the Sox, I guess, as like the second team of yeah. Chicago. Right. Uh huh. Yeah, and I don't have anything. I mean, I root for the Sox if they're not playing mm-hmm. the Cubs. Like, right. it's, like it's good for like, them. I can't say the same to be honest. Who, who wins <laughs> between the Sox Cubs? Like, I just, I, I, I don't care who wins. I'm really agnostic on the whole baseball mm-hmm. thing. Like, if I mm-hmm. the Cubs win, great. The Sox win, amazing. Uh-huh. But like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I prefer Sox because like I like going to Sox games better, and I liked them when I was little. But like, if the Cubs win, I don't care. That's pretty much how yeah, I feel. I, mean, I think I think the saddest like to wrap up, I think the saddest news today or like the biggest news today in my opinion was Tati's being out. He's out probably Yeah, three oh months. my gosh, I saw that. I mean we already got a shortened season. We already we're already missing two weeks of uh Fernando these Tati's. guys these guys' seasons and now Fernando Tati's is out for at least it says a few months, which sucks. He was my really NL does. MVP front runner, uh-huh. like no question yeah. about it. Uh-huh. I think he's yeah. the best player in baseball. Yeah, he's un- he's unbelievable. He's just and he's like he's fun, you know. He he makes he brings eyes. Him and Shohei like he's like biased, but like even better. Yeah, he's biased, but better. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the best way you could put it. Like biased is fun to watch, but he also strikes out every at bat. So it's yeah. like, yeah. Um, what are you guys thinking for MVPs though? Any idea? Uh, it's I hard really to see have, like Shohei yeah. really not. It's it's hard to see show. It's hard to bet against Shohei because he's just he he's does so both. It's like he's not just a great hitter; he's a great pitcher. He's not just a great pitcher; he's a great hitter. So it's like, because people are just gonna look at him and be like, "Dude, he does both things really well." 
And even if he does one thing kind of poorly, he's still doing both. So he's so valuable. So I think Shohei, he's probably the front runner. I don't know the exact odds. Right. I feel like that's that's very bad, though, for the AL. Because, like, last year, Vlad Jr. played his ass off. Like, yeah. He had a better hitting season than, than Otani did. Uh-huh. But, yeah, no, Vlad, yeah, I love Vladdy too. I mean, it's I'm glad that baseball's back because we were gonna miss prime years of right. these guys, like, like especially right. Trout. Like, oh yeah, like yeah. I hope Trout can stay healthy because the Angels team could be good. I mean, he can obviously just go and take MVP whenever he wants to. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I'm excited. I think the Angels are gonna be good this year. I think, I my my uh, my dark horse is Luis Robert. I, I think this could be his year just to be Robert. the guy. Yeah, yeah, I like Robert. Uh, He's really good in the show. He's really fast. So. David Weinstein, thank you so much for joining the Off the Dome podcast. To go my pleasure. In the college, ba- in the college. Maddie, Maddie's got to watch the Lakers. Yes, I'm going to watch them in like t- five minutes. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> Shout out to Jacob Ashman for Ashman's angle and picks. Shout out, Legend. Thank you very much. Shout out to my ones in my always insightful, um, all and partially trolling uh, podcast co-host Jordan Goodhart. On another good episode. Thank you all for listening to another edition of the Off the Dump podcast. Please feel free to subscribe uh, to this uh, podcast by Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, please download Anchor, uh, easiest way to make a podcast app. Have a great night and go get them.